0: That's Where'd my fucking oh, uh, popsicles too, go?
1: <laughs> where'd my popsicles go? Everybody, this is Danielle.
0: Oh, and this is Daniel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is Carla. we are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. It's not something you want to misplace. Nope. Because it will be liquid. See, it will be liquid soon. I'm just liquid. pointing that out. Today she told me she walked away, left is ice rico- cream yeah. on the table. She goes, Make sure my ice cream doesn't melt. I was like, What, do, what, <laughs> I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> bum, bum, bah.
0: Greens. oh shit hang on i gotta fix the lighting man watch this carla it's gonna totally blow your mind nope hang on man i gotta connect this is i gotta anti- con- i gotta connect to the wi-fi
1: the Wifi? this is anticlimactic mm.
0: that's what she said
1: <laughs> <laughs> you had fun on your trip yes it's carla's birthday yesterday which by the time you get this it won't be yesterday anymore so happy birthday and i felt bad i
0: told her in the car today that i felt bad i forgot to tell you happy birthday
1: and i noticed yes (laughs) i figured
0: you probably did
1: no i don't i didn't recognize you on facebook well i
0: felt bad so i wanted at least so now i was actually
1: shocked i woke up to like 20 text messages and i I was not expecting that mine being the most important you i saw it that night so i didn't wake up to it no okay but thanks. No one beat Riley though. Riley was the first one. Even <laughs> Lindsay, who I was with in the car. Because <laughs> we were talking. And she was like, oh my God, I had it ready to go and everything. And, everything. and then I let 13 minutes pass. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Um, and a gift that said, I knew I was adopted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you had a nice birthday in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad I made it out there. You went to a haunted house. That was nice. No, right? I went to amusement park. An amusement? Park? Oh, was there a haunted part to the? It's like you know, it's like Halloween horror nights. Okay, that's yeah. Like they do it at every theme park. I feel like ever. Your yeah.
0: uh, your dad and I were just talking actually the other night that we both like to go to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. to go to a Steelers game. But not when they're playing the Colts. We want to blend in just like regular oh. schmoes um, yeah. because we'd be afraid of what I, I've. Heard, I know people that have been to Steelers games.
1: Mm, I would not want to get beat up. Yeah, just if wear... you have
0: a good. If you have a good sense of humor about it, they don't have to have a good sense. But as long as you like, ha 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 ha, <laughs> then they won't feel justified in hitting you. <laughs>
1: yeah. I would just wear black. Just wear black, like any other day. <laughs> black like my soul.
0: I'd probably at least get a Steelers hat. <laughs>
1: Okay. I think it's like a cool city. It's honestly smaller than Indianapolis because of the way the rivers cause it uh, meet. it has like three rivers that meet and cut through it. Yeah. So like that's their
0: original <coughs> stadium used to be called Three River Stadium. Makes
1: sense. I get it. I get it. it, it is. Or something like that. It's a cool it's like a cool place. Okay. I was gonna cut the chit chat short. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So I was very excited about this topic in particular. But I decided since it's almost Halloween we would do some Stuff that has like paranormal esque or Halloween esque. I'm gonna tell you about the origin of the jack o' lantern. Is it in Indiana? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) There's at least eighty billion podcasts that tell you the origin of Halloween. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, in Hocus Pocus, they say it's based on All Hallows Eve. Yeah, (laughs) and that's what I I know. Like Guy Fawkes Day too. The mask thing. Um,
0: the most like detailed. Thing I've ever read or I don't know read since I don't know you watch it on YouTube is
1: remember dead. remember the fifth or no
0: number? no 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 that might have something to it do does with it. It's Guy Fawkes has that has to do with why people dress up mm-hmm. yeah but the
1: jacqueline and warns off evil yeah blah, blah, blah. there
0: was something I can't remember what it was there's something to do that the pagans celebrated. Mm-hmm. Something, and then Christians or Protestants celebrated another. It might not be Protestants. It might have been Catholics. And then they okay. both, that's where the tradition starts.
1: So anyways, because Halloween is coming up, this series this month will be halloween esque Paranormal or something. Right? I thought it was a good idea.
0: Everyone I agree.
1: applaud me. Sure. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Amazing. Life-changing. Okay. So we went to the library, and I was like, take me to your paranormal stuff. Like uh, to the library and I was like, do you have any like paranormal ghost stuff? And she looked at me and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm probably the 80th billion person to come there because someone made it their personal mission to make sure whichever libraries are near us, they checked out all ghost books. So they're like gone. But I was like, we'll just go to the library and see whatever they have there. You know what I'm talking about? What? You already knew beforehand that somebody went and checked yeah, out all books? Yeah, you can do it online. Books? But I feel like this the library we went to, I wasn't sure.
0: Because but Danielle? being the premier paranormal investigator that she is <laughs> she went to investigate
1: I did and I took the kid with me and I was like we have to go to the adult section first like the upstairs the boring She part. told me
0: that and I thought why is she taking her into the adult <laughs> video section <laughs> like,
1: And why does the
0: local library have that
1: We said please no <laughs> please no sir <laughs> So I get the lady to take us to that section. I was like, okay, do you have any like just local stories? Because at some libraries, they'll have a section of local history. And she was like, I think there's like one book. And it took her a couple minutes. She's like, oh, okay, here it is. Indiana history, something paranormal. I don't know, a very generic name. And the first page I opened it to was Central State, which is what I was there for. And I was like, I had to tell her. And she's like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> she probably did not care, no, even she in the slightest. It. it was
0: a sign.
1: It was a sign that you found it, and she didn't mm-hmm. care. Yep. <laughs> and then the kid pulled a book about dreams off the shelf, and which is weird because she's always, "What do you dream about?" Oh yeah, eight thirty this morning. What would you dream about? I was like, "I'm not. I'm still dreaming. I'm asleep." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Put your shoes on." She wanted me to put my tennis shoes on. She had put shit in my shoes. Not literal shit. Toys and stuff. She should next time. She wanted me to suffer by putting my feet in my shoes. Put your stuff shoes in there. on. <laughs> like, that's no, so mean. I'm asleep. Anyway, so we're covering Central State Hospital and it has a bunch of other names like Indiana Hospital. Carla, where is something. Central
0: State Hospital?
1: It's on the north side. It's no. I don't west know. <laughs> of. We just it's always west of, say that. It's,
0: west, it's like west, southwest or maybe just west of downtown Indy.
1: Yeah, it's almost dre- like. Washington Street.
0: Yeah, so it's west, but maybe a little to the south. I
1: feel like past the White River is like yeah, on the. So one in side case you ever
0: want well, we exactly to go, now we can live there.
1: Nowadays it. it's different. So people get married there. Mm-hmm.
0: People it's live a, there.
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I've get...
0: met people, and I'm like, they're like, yeah, I live at the old Central State. And I'm like, you fucking. Crazy. When you complain that there's a fucking ghost, I don't want to hear it. No, hear
1: there's. It. I, I got my nails done it. at this place once, and the guy was telling me that he lived there. And I was like, "Is it creepy?" He's like, "I hate it." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay. yeah, because
0: it's it's it's, it's shared." Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: it's they, like communal kitchen. They gloss over that real quick. They're like communal living And bathroom. Yeah, so uh-uh. he's like somewhere people live there, but it's cheap because mm-hmm. so. they want people. They have to convince people to live on the ghost land. Like you're, it's haunted, but it's cheap. It just seems like it's, like, too dormy for me. Like, yeah, that does sound like a dorm. But they're they're redoing stuff to it now. But I feel like I've driven by it a lot and not, know like, near it, not directly by it. I actually drove by it once, one time with Mom, when she was doing the census before. And we mm-hmm. had to hunt down people that didn't fill out their census work. And we were by Central State. And it was all gated and boarded up. It's a really impressive piece of land. And the structures were meant to be, like, look how cool this is and so there's a lot of it well you can get married there now and i've seen some pictures and they're that's cool yeah they read someone it finally it's been closed since i'll get there but it's been closed for a long time so people had plenty of time to go explore it and find all the ghosts so this there's like history crime ghost and it took me i put a lot of work into this here i'll read you my sources we'll just get to it so it makes me a good person right now in this moment where I'm about to read my sources oh good Wikipedia IN HistoricIndianapolis.com, AmericanBurex.com, Newspapers.com, dot com Reddit.com, Bureau of Manufactured and Factinate.com. Indian Hospital for the Insane was the original name of it was brought into existence by the Act of the 1844 and 1845 Indiana General Assembly. This sounds history talky. It's not. It's going to get good. I promise. Which provided for the procuring of a suitable site for the erection of a state lunatic asylum.
0: Ooh, full body chills.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, an erection called a lunatic, that would give you chills. Prior to this, Hoosiers afflicted by mental illness and epilepsy, they didn't like that, were without medical treatment and housed in county jails, family residence, and poor houses until the opening of the hospital. So other places had asylums bill already and people were like even trying to get into ones in Ohio because we didn't have one here at all. And we needed it. We're oh, all fucking crazy. Wow. Doctor John Evans, Doctor Livingston Dunlap, and James Blake were appointed to establish a permanent home for the insane. The property consisted of a hundred and sixty acres. That is a big plot of land to not notice in Indiana. How big is an acre? A big... We have half an acre here. You didn't make it seem big <laughs> by saying that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, acres of farmland belonging to Nathaniel and Sarah Bolton of the Ramsey Boltons. <laughs> it was selected due to its proximity to the state capitol. I don't know what benefit it was to be near the state capitol. They purchased at a rate of $33 per acre, which was 5300 for the whole property, and passed to the state of Indiana on August 29, 1845. On November 21, 1848, the first five patients were admitted. The hospital grew to include the massive Seven Steeples building, which was made to look Victorian Gothic almost. And became dysfunctional later. Like, it didn't serve a purpose. So they're like, we're going to put crazy people in here. Let's make it creepy, too. (laughs) Yeah, like, it should be fancy AF, but creepy at the same time. It had a pathological building, a regular hospital for physical ailments, an amusement hall complete with a bowling alley, a firehouse, laundry building, gardens, fountains, a power station, a cannery manned by patients, a chapel and a food hall. So it was like a little village all up in there. Although it was noted that there are no specific-
0: Were there the- Sorry, were, were the village people there? <laughs> Young men. <laughs> I bet there are a lot of people dressed <laughs> up
1: like that, maybe. You never know.
0: <laughs> My favorite rendition of that is on, uh, you know I'm talking about, Wayne's World 2.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's good. In the gay bar, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Although it was noted that there are no specific known to us in the treatment of insanity. So we don't really know what we're doing, but attempts to treat patients included warm baths. Okay. Doesn't sound bad. Mm -mm. Nauseants. Nope.
0: Well, that depends on their idea of warm. That's a nauseant?
1: I think to make you nauseous, I think. Or I don't know if they're like to decrease or increase your nausea. Like, I don't know. Like it's anti-nausea pills is what I take. We're they have nausea inducing pills. Wouldn't that be I- Ipecac? Check your sources, man. Oh man, these I'm are just kidding. sources. <laughs> Laxatives, uh, narcotics, and tonics such as, as wine and iron. I don't know what is- you know.
0: This place doesn't sound so bad. No, it really oh, doesn't. You
1: hold on to your socks, folks. Also there are great advantages resulting from the use of baths from a well regulated diet change of scenery and of habits of life regular exercise in the open air some useful employment as well as diversion of the mind by various innocent amusements aka a podcast innocent amusements <laughs> like
0: what was that um what was that guy last night that canadian uh, the canadian comedian that's kind of weird to say. Hey, have you've have you seen the Canadian comedian yelling at one of the guys playing um you're not getting any playing time so you and the backup goalie could go start a podcast. Please. Yes,
1: that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. In combination with medical care, patients were expected to participate in recuperative therapy, religious exercise, education courses, work therapy, social engagements, and a host of other activities perceived to have curative effect. Hospital staff were discouraged from using restraints whenever possible, refrain from using physical violence, show compassion to their wars, and have a thorough understanding of their condition. I feel like that's not what happened in history. However, it is also linked to the instances of great cruelty. And abuse towards these patients, especially those considered to be violent. It was within the five miles of underground tunnels where many patients were moved to and from different buildings around the hospital grounds. Patients who would scream, disrupt normal day to day activities of the hospital, and those shown to be violent towards staff members were often kept in the basement chained up like rabid animals. Huh. Oh, yeah. It goes from like, oh, this is interesting and spooky to, oh, this is just really sad.
0: Uh-huh. Spooky ghosts.
1: Spooky ghosts. In 1870, the Indiana governor received the following report on some of the deplorable conditions at the hospital. Basement dungeons are dark, humid, and foul, unfit for life of any kind, filled with maniacs who rave and howl like tortured beasts for want of light and air and food and ordinary human associations. Habilitments. Excuse me. Which is close. <laughs> yeah, habilitments. Mm, it's a fancy word for clothes. Dr. Everett, superintendent. So the superintendent. It sounds like a
0: fish. Mm
1: hmm. The superintendent wrote that to the, whoever the governor was at the time. It's like, dude, shit is bad here. And they're just like, I can't hear you.
0: Conversation went just like that.
1: Declining conditions at the hospital also included lack of proper staff training, heat, proper lighting, ventilation, structure, maintenance. Remember, they built a big fancy buildings and then no one really took care of it. Proper bedding and kitchens infested with cockroaches due to inadequate funding. Dr. Everett's efforts to highlight the plight endured by the hospital fell on deaf ears, which led to the, his resignation in 1872. He's like, well, if I can't fix it, I'll just quit. And they go, okay. Fair. In late 1883, the hospital hired the first officially recognized female doctor in Indiana. Bum, bum, bum. At the time of her arrival, Dr. Sarah Stockton was just one of only 22 female physicians in the United States. Damn. Well, well they just learned to read, so... <laughs> <laughs> the women's Some of them literacy. learn more quickly than others. <laughs> Dr. Stockton was tasked primarily with the care of female patients. Her focus centered on the reproductive ailments, which were at the time generally thought to exacerbate mental illness. They wanted your periods to be regular. They'd keep you in until your periods well, were- good Lord, yes. Perfectly, <laughs> perfectly cycled up. Yeah. And, and that like, had to do with what now? The, like your mental illness is connected to your periods not being exactly 28 okay, days. Okay, well, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all act a little crazy right yeah. before. But it's like no it's matter PMS, how long, man. How long you hold them, it's not gonna like make their periods normal. It's like okay, everyone's different, okay? It's called PMS, man. Yeah. Like it's not it. that's not like rocket science. Mm-mm. Dr. Stockton's hiring I'm you. not
0: comfortable with your vernacular of <laughs> PMS. I feel women's struggles and shit are a big thing. And I have
1: a big shirt that says PMS on it. But it it doesn't stand for PMS, does it? No, it, it? doesn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Huh. I was like who thought would, that was a good idea? You would think they wouldn't have chanted that.
1: Mm-mm. PMS, PMS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny, no matter how old you are. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Doctor Stockton's hiring was just one of the calculated efforts by Superintendent Richard Fletcher to bring about reform. To protest the poor conditions at the hospital, Fletcher caused a spectacle when he publicly burned the hospital's physical restraints in a bonfire in 1885. Get out your marshmallows. Several other practical reforms were instituted under his tenure. Medical use of whiskey was reduced from three gallons per day to just one pint. So no one's allowed to get drunk anymore. (sighs) What are you going to do? This is what happens
0: when you hire female doctors. (sighs) (laughs) Ruin all the fun. (laughs) They didn't care so much about the nagging. (laughs) Increasing nagging intensity.
1: (laughs) The hospital's 1887 annual report listed railroaders, saloon keepers, teachers, and ministers among those admitted, with farmers and housewives admitted in the highest number. Well, when you get sick of your wife, you you, can just send her to the... They'd let you shelve your wife for a while if you're tired of her. No, you cannot do that now.
2: Doesn't mean we can't try.
1: Patients (laughs) were treated for ailments such as acute mania, chronic melancholia, senile dementia, and hypochondriacal mania. Early suspected cause of insanity included syphilis, menstrual disturbance, religious excitement, and novel reading. (laughs) <laughs> so all you Fifty Shades of Grey fuckers out there would be right in here with the crazies. You mean if you wanted to read a novel? Mm-hmm. It, reading a novel would make you insane. I mean, yeah, maybe if you read uh, like, Mary <laughs> Shelley's Frankenstein. <but> yeah, <laughs> it was
0: maybe in, because that's how desensitized, or not fully sensitized. They
1: didn't want women reading books like that. Okay, in
0: well, absolutely Sleepy not Hollow, getting ideas in your head.
1: It remember okay the movie Sleepy Hollow with Take Johnny Depp Crane and, yep and Christina Ricci I'm scared of that she says my mother died Disney always kills off their mothers and she's up at night reading a novel and she hides it and she's like my father thinks it the novels are what caused the fever that killed her and it's like so that's what they're talking about the novels would make yeah, you yeah that nuts. makes sense mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you can't explain anything you can just blame it on books books did it burn them. You can't say that.
0: Burn books,
1: burn. Well, he already had a bonfire going. Don't
0: sound like you enjoy it. No, no,
1: no. It bothers me when people do Pinterest stuff with book pages. I can't even cut up books to make art with. It's like, why are you doing that? I can't handle it. With the construction of other mental facilities, the official hospital name changed around 1889 to Central Indiana State Hospital for the Insane. They had a big sign. It was was huge. We (laughs) got your crazy people here. Come on, come on. To reflect its geographical location in relation to the others, this period is marked by positive change brought by Superintendent George Edenharder. One of the first pathology laboratories in the nation opened under his leadership in 1896. The state-of-the-art teaching and research facility included a lecture amphitheater, autopsy room, photography room, library, anatomical museum, and research laboratories. All in order to study the scientific origins of mental illness. So the Indiana State Museum is the main thing that's left, and I want to go there. They have a bunch of cool stuff, like the amphitheater and everything is still there. That they you should go. Yeah, I would like, and I think they do tours. And they don't like it's not a ghost tour though. Like they don't tout like come see the spookies. When do you go? You can go whenever. I think they do like
0: during the day. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think they do periodic tours, and people have said it's very interesting. And they have a lot of the instruments and stuff. They try not to make it like sensationalized graphic, but I mean, they learned about bodies there, and it's advanced it advanced medicine a great deal having that location available.
2: Bodies,
1: brains.
2: (laughs) I took a trip to the Indiana Medical History Museum. We're in the old pathology building of the Indiana Medical History Museum, which was formerly known as the Central Indiana Hospital for the Insane, and I am here with the executive director, Sarah Halter, uh, who's going to tell us a little bit more about the room that we're sitting in, Uh, and this is the old amphitheater. That's right. Um, this building was
3: a research facility. It was the pathological department of Central State Hospital, and this was a teaching amphitheater for students. Medical students came here for lectures in psychiatry and neurology and also viewed autopsies here.
2: And we took a quick little walkthrough, um, and this place is like a time capsule. Everything is so intact, and it's so fascinating for any of you history buffs.
3: The laboratory closed as part of Central State Hospital in 1968, and then reopened as the Indiana Medical History Museum in 69. And when when that reopened, all of the original furnishings and equipment were still here and intact. So uh, what you see on the tour is what they were using here in 1896 when it was a cutting edge medical research facility.
2: When we were taking the walk through, there are actual human specimen, human brains that are still preserved in those jars from patients way back when. Yes. Uh, they
3: preserved them as teaching aids for the students, and so they're, they're still they're on display with the, you know, excerpts from the pathology
2: records that are posted next to them. So for the chemistry room, you showed me the refrigerator that was purchased in the 1920s, but there was also a contraption in there that was uh, used during prohibition.
3: Yeah, the still up in the corner. They purchased that during prohibition. They had to get a special license in order to purchase it, and then it was um, tested periodically to make sure that they weren't using it for recreational purposes. The records room is directly above the autopsy room. The speaking tube comes up from the first floor there, so while they were performing the autopsy downstairs, another physician sat at the desk um, writing notes in the autopsy ledger. In the histology lab, they were studying cell structure and learning about tissue. They were learning about Uh, what exactly diseases do to you that make you sick, uh, that sort of thing. And they were using tissue samples that they collected during the autopsies for that.
2: In the photography room, the the camera in there is extremely large.
3: Yes, (laughs) it produces photomicrographs. So it's sort of a box camera with a microscope
2: attached to it. In the chemistry lab upstairs here, there are vials of all this original, you know, chemicals and serums and, and, and things that were used to treat patients that are still intact.
3: Yeah, they uh, have their original contents in them, and they're things that were used throughout the laboratories, preserving tissue, you know, for chemical experiments
2: and diagnostic testing, developing film, and that sort of thing. You we were talking to me about some of the events that you do with kids right here in the amphitheater uh, and on the ground, so right close to Halloween. So, and I mean, since Halloween's kind of coming up, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we do
3: Wizards Academy, so kids come dressed up as witches and wizards, and they. Uh, you know, get sorted into their hat or their houses, and they go around the building doing
2: science experiments in the labs here. Okay, to schedule your tour of this fascinating historical museum, you can visit their website or give them a call here, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It's extremely fascinating, and we really enjoyed our visit. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Well, that's an activity you guys can do while she's on fall break.
1: Take her. I bet she'd like it. I bet she'd like it a lot. I mean, yeah, I really do. I don't know if they have a sign like you can't be under. No, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. You can't ban people from museums. (laughs) Clinicians hope that through the lab they could discover specific treatments for specific diseases, treatments that might even lead to a cure, a forward thinking attitude for the time. So not we're drilling holes in people's brains to let the demons out, or we're not bloodletting so all the bad spirits will fall out of your blood holes. Yeah. We're actually going to do some sciences. Uh, The doctors dissected the bodies of their patients as well as any other corpses they could find. Bodies were scarce during an age when most people believed autopsies were a sacrilegious desecration, and newspapers published hysterical headlines about grave robbing physicians. It's not hysterical headlines. It really happened. We did an episode on it. Remember grave robbers and they, yeah, that shit was wild. And people, they would build coffins that were like grave robber proof. And one guy even put some explosives in his wife's coffin in case, you know, like someone's gonna go dig it up. Oh, yeah. I'll blow your ass up. That's what we like to call a poopy trap. A poopy trap a booby. That's what I said. said. That's what I said. A booby trap. So it was like, people weren't after necessarily the gold or diamonds you were bearing your your loved ones with. It was, I want your body. And he talked about, like, you crack open the coffin, take a big hook, hook the body in, yank it out, throw it on the cart, and you would go to the back of these buildings, like medical schools mostly, but also Central State. And I think Central State might have sold some, too, because they had people dying and they're like, hey, I got a body because no one wants this person, dead or alive. But the autopsies Able them to like compare normal brains to Abby normal brains. brains. Abby,
0: Abby, something. Abby, something.
2: Here lies Abby normal. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby, someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. (laughs) Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long... 54 inch white gorilla is that what you're telling me wait,
1: wait to obtain more corpses central state hospital offered free funerals following the autopsy and the bodies were stored in a shack behind the laboratory shack. called the dead house a shack not a freezer Mm-mm. cool Mm-mm. gross gross bring me out today
2: what? Yes, I'm not dead. What? Nothing? Here's your ninepence. I'm not dead. Here. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. Oh, I can't take him like that. It's against regulation, I do
1: The hospitals served the entire state until 1905, by which time additional hospitals had been constructed in Evansville. Logan'sport, Madison, and Richmond, leaving Central State with patients from 38 counties in Central Indiana. Criminology also made significant strides at the hospital under direction of Dr. Max Baer, Bahr, B A H R, Bahr? Bahr. His research focused on the link between crime and mental illness. He developed some of the first forensic psychiatry courses for American lawyers. Interesting. Smart stuff. Somebody actually put two and two together.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey,
1: violence mentally ill violence so what is it we're talking about the nick what is hetty spot it? it's like k n i
0: yeah it's the nick it's named the nick short for it was the
1: um nickerbocker
0: the nickerbocker hospital and i believe that was i i think that was a real hospital
1: it might have been
0: but it's like fictitious it, although the hospital might be as well.
1: It's turn of the century. So it's like nineteen hundred, nineteen, And so it's like, so if you watch that show, I don't know where, if it's on Netflix yet or not. And it's not Owen. Who is it?
0: You said Owen Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. And I, I said, wow. <laughs> wow. And she went, did I get it right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no. Wow. wow, Clive
0: Owen. Clive Owen.
1: I was close. wow, Wow.
0: I gave you credit for Clive Owen.
1: Someone's calculated how much money he's made every time he said the word wow yeah. <laughs> I don't know. have you seen the video where they instead of doing the lightsaber sounds they just do Owen Wilson's <laughs> wow
0: yes <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes wow that wow. is hilarious wow. <laughs> that's good fun
1: all in good fun in 1927 the Indiana General Assembly approved an act eliminating the word insane because they felt like it was Infantive. kind of derogatory from the institution's Mentally name,
0: ill will become the next one to go. Yeah. Um,
1: designating it Central State Hospital. Also introduced in 1927 was insulin, used for coma therapy to treat those suffering from mental illness. And herpes. I don't think we talked about her. Up until the 60s, physicians were you deliberately. You said penicillin,
0: didn't
2: you? No. no. insulin. 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> I even heard it. I heard it. I you? Bad. And
1: herpers. <laughs> I do actually mention penicillin, though, I think. So. God,
0: where did I get... Oh, wow. We both were like... Ground control <laughs> the major time.
1: The physicians who deliberately put patients into low blood sugar comas believing that large fluctuation in insulin levels could alter the function of the brain, the comas could last anywhere from one to four hours and would sometimes result in prolonged comas where patients failed to respond to glucose or sometimes even death. By 1928, the hospital cared for nearly 3,000 patients. Some reports I read was like 5,000, and I was like, I feel like that wasn't. I think it was closer to 3,000. And then in 1927, also, our great great grandmother, on mom's side, so it was our mom's dad's grandmother.
0: Brothers, uncles, cousins, sisters, former roommate.
1: Laura Patterson was admitted into Juliet, a sane asylum, which was closed. And then she was transferred to Central State at some point. So the first time she went in, I think was after she had one of her kids, was like a year and a half or so in her 30s. Yeah, so she was a little... So she was younger the first time she went in, but they closed that place. But we want to hear the weird part... (laughs) So we're talking about. Oh, mom. we haven't got to it yet. No, mom and I are talking. <laughs> <laughs> is that so? My dad's dad, his brother, worked at this Juliet Hospital, the Saint Asylum, and he liked to sleep around with the employees, not the patients. And he wound up getting HIV, and he blamed it on the toilet seat there. And they're like, "No, yes, that's, that's not how th- it happens. No, that's not a thing.
0: No." So, so what year was this?
1: Nineteen twenty-seven.
0: He got HIV in nineteen twenty-seven. No,
1: it was at one point when that building was there that he was working there. Oh, so you have any idea? The we'll have to look it up.
0: I was going to say if it was in the nineteen seventies or the nineteen eighties. No. Okay. No, no, no. Much later than that, like thirties, forties, fifties, something yeah. like that.
1: Well, this is nineteen twenty-seven, so almost the thirties.
0: Okay. Ish. I
1: just think there was an epidemic. In, like, the 70s and 80s. Yeah, where it became well-known. And people didn't know how to protect themselves. Yeah. Okay. So she was admitted for a while, a year and a half, and then was released. Um, Similar to inducing comas, physicians would also use stimulant medications to trigger seizures in their patients. This was known as metrazole therapy. The seizures would begin approximately one minute after the patient was injected and often resulted in fractured bones torn muscles, and other adverse effects. This therapy would be administered several times a week and it was finally withdrawn from use by the FDA in 1982. Jesus. The pathology department would gain international renown. They're a
0: lot more calm than what they used to be. Yeah, they have a lot of injuries.
1: (laughs) They can't move. (laughs) The pathology department gained international renown in 1931 when Dr. Walter Bruchette mm, made significant discoveries in the treatment of syphilis. He discovered that malaria triggered the production of white blood cells that consumed both syphilis and malaria. Prior to his discovery, syphilis had been the largest cause of mental illness. This major breakthrough made significant headway in treating syphilis until the advent of...
0: Penicillin!
1: Penicillin! Penicillin! Here's your time to shine. Here.
0: Oh, here. You just had sex with somebody unprotected? Oh, well, here. Have a shot of insulin penicillin <laughs> make sure your blood sugar doesn't go go off the deep end
1: um
0: penic- although i guess if you don't need penicillin and yeah. you give an injection of penicillin
1: well if you have, if you you can inject someone with insulin insulin that's what overdue. i'm trying to say yeah. i'm trying to say insulin we, i somebody, I'm get, i get yeah. what you're saying you, you can, can overdose yeah. Yeah. yeah no with i know insulin. i'm saying I, mean,
0: <laughs> I i still can't get it right
1: that's okay um but syphilis, that it, what it eats away at your brain, and they're called spirochetes, and they spin into your brain and make holes in I don't it. Don't like that. That's
0: what happened to mm-hmm. Al Capone.
1: Yeah, and he beat the shit out of a, with a frying pan the girl that he thought gave it to him. Yes, that's rude. But you can't figure out who gave it to you. I mean, unless they also had syphilis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it chews away little holes in your brain. So they were able to study that when someone with syphilis died.
0: Well. I don't know if I agree with that. Remember when we watched Beavis and Butthead and they made fun of um Jersey Shore and they're doing they're doing like a chart trying to connect uh like the web of who everybody I slept with, with and Butthead <laughs> says if they kept going they would be able to trace back the root of herpes.
1: <laughs> that shows i, actually, love. Can, I can I um tell a little story actually? So yes. we tried to make in high school, okay, so there was this kid and he had like a a cool little hangout room like upstairs at his house and I went over there once and they had this like chart on the wall and they were convinced that they could connect everyone in our class by the people that they've kissed so you started with like a hoe right okay and then, then we would be like do- they've kissed them and them and them and them so we had like branches going with out the everywhere, the red string like yeah literally <laughs> and like like it was a thing did he win like is was it successful? how far to get I don't know. It was big, though. It was really big? Like, this is a serious project of mine? Like, yeah, had I saw to tell it. Mom, don't touch my art, Mom. It's my art. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, my God. I have to... It was, they called it something. I have to ask Alexis. You figure it out. Okay. Um, what also did they use to treat mental illness, Daniel?
0: Frontal low lobotomy? Hold on to that. So so shock, what was I supposed to say? Oh. Shock therapy.
1: Electroconvulsive shock therapy, known as ECT, was first developed in 1938. Come on, Mr. Paper. It involves passing electric currents through the brain to trigger a brief seizure. In its early use, ECT was received very negatively by the population because the high dose of electricity were administered without any anesthetic. Patients would often suffer from broken bones due to the convulsions, along with memory loss and other harmful side effects. ECT is still used today for the treatment of persistent depression, as it often works with other treatments are unsuccessful.
0: But it's nowhere near what it used
1: to no, be no you you get sedated and stuff but i think there is still like memory loss you can have and it's it's a big deal to go do it but i think it does work
0: well because you don't just do you don't just do it one time mm-hmm. it's like things and you like, yeah. can be out of it for a while and you're
1: technically like changing the anatomy of your brain yeah right? did Mimo have ect i think steve yes. did steve did yeah i think they both did
0: you told me once that Memo had
1: it. yeah yeah and it's i think it's the only thing that helps her at some point. Sucks. But at this back in the nineteen thirties, um they're just like, I don't know, turn it up to ten and see what happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then they're in there and they're like, Give Yep.
1: <laughs> like, oh, maybe they shouldn't be awake for this. Lobotomies were widely accepted treatment for mental illness in the forties and fifties. It consisted of surgically cutting or removing the connections between the prefrontal cortex and the frontal lobes of the brain. It was designed to disrupt the circuits of the brain and was completed in five minutes. The lobotomy treatment won Antonio Igaz Maniz the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine in 1949. Fuck you, dude. It was used until the mid-1950s. So they just, he, I don't know if it was him, but there was like a lobotomy bus, like his van would just travel around to different hospitals, shoving ice picks in people's <laughs> eyes, <laughs> yeah. and making big money off of it. Robotomy. Yeah, making. And then the most famous one is Kennedy,
0: right? Mary Kennedy. Mary
1: Kennedy. She had she, a lobotomy. Yeah, and she wasn't that bad. Like she could have been bipolar and had some, ma- or ma- like she, they said she was like embarrassment at times, and so they're like, "Let's just do this, and it'll make her completely normal." No, it made her like a three-year-old. So it was like, and she knew, I think her mom only went to visit her like once after it happened and they just put her with none somewhere for the rest of her life. So it's really sad that they got to just shove ice picks in people's eyes. And I don't know if it's necessarily ice picks. I don't know what all they did, but it's just scrambling and you never know what would happen or not happen. Let's see. During this time, advances in psychopharmacology shifted public perception of mental health facilities nationwide. In 1952, a drug called chloropromazine was developed and used as a drug for treating schizophrenia, however, users suffered severe side effects such as uncontrollable shaking. I bet I'm sure there's a bunch of side effects for new drugs. Allegations continued into the twentieth century and psychiatry in Indiana concluded that over time the abuse cited included unclean rooms, physical and verbal abuse of patients, patient suicides, inadequate nurse staffing, too few psychiatrists beatings, poor administration, Patients dying in accidents, rapes, infestation of rats, and patients lying naked amongst their excrement. How do you smell syphilis? (laughs) I don't know. know. (laughs) Hold on. I'm just going to put in STI. Ah. This is so weird that we're talking about this. What year are we on right now? 1950s. Because the guy that they think. Th- I'm I'm convinced the guy that killed the Black Dahlia was the head of the health department in Los Angeles at this time, mm-hmm. and he was in charge of controlling venereal diseases. Oh, yeah. I'm so talking about it's all like it's all connecting. Because you listen, Carla listened to the Root of Evil on her way home. The po- podcast. That's a really good one. It was compelling. Like your brain is. just- I was by myself. My draw was on the ground mm-hmm. for most of it. Yeah, that I'm. Like- st- I'm still. I'm shook. I gave her like five to pick from and she picked that one. It's good. Root of evil. Syphilis. S-Y-P-H-I-L-I-S. Okay, well, I thought Syphilis. I was on the right track. <laughs> Think. <laughs> Imagine if they had a spelling bee where it was all like venereal disease terms. It would be a little legitimate test. Those are hard. Gonorrhea. <laughs> G-H. <laughs> I think. I don't know how to spell. I don't know. Chlamydia. It would be hard to spell veneer Chlamydia. W- C-H.
0: <laughs> can you use it in a sentence?
1: <laughs> that I gave your mom chlamydia last night.
0: <laughs> Boom. Ah, yes. Language of origin.
1: Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> your mom. Give her mom. Okay. I can do this. In- and... <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Are you sure?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you're oh my gosh! They what? called it the Human Genome Project. Why is it called that? <laughs> I don't know because we were trying to connect everyone. Did he do a report on this in college? Like back in high Maybe. school, I tried to figure out who started, like who kissed who. The web of making out. We were just trying to connect. I the think high school. We, I'm pretty sure. Big. I don't want to put him on blast, but I'm pretty sure it started with Joe because i had kissed joe <laughs> or did kiss everyone right exactly <laughs> i'll take out his last name and just leave it joe <laughs> <laughs> in 1968 the indianapolis news published a series of articles detailing the hospital's unsanitary conditions inspiring multiple former patients and their relatives to report neglect they claimed that they were unable to see a doctor for as long as six months due to personal personnel shortage So, at some point in here, our great-great-grandmother went back in. For fun. (laughs) Um, Mm. no. It was, she was in her, she was in her fifties this time. And it was after her husband, Augustus.
0: Save some for later.
1: Um... He died, or he got save some for later. He got cancer or something.
0: Oh, thanks.
1: Throat was it? Throat or mouth cancer? I don't. Know, it's fine. So he was unable to control her. It's anymore. fine. It's
0: fine. Just a little cancer, Stan.
1: Because at one point, fuck, I don't know. She because she died in 1948, I think, at the age of 73. Yeah, it was 1948 at the age of 73. But so she went in 20 years prior to that. So she was like 50ish. She had, like, five kids, I think. That'll do it. Yeah, that's what did it. So they had some kids, got divorced. He got her pregnant, so they got remarried. So she was, like, 40 and had another kid in the 19-whatevers. So it's like, that's you know, now they consider it a high-risk Mild pregnancy. Mildly frowned upon. Yeah, well, it's a high-risk pregnancy then. But, they, you know, they're Catholic, so they can't use birth control. So they're pretty sure that's what pushed her over the edge was the last kid. With some fancy postpartum depression, most likely. But she was also getting older, and they called it dementia and stuff like that. Yeah. Senile psychosis was the diagnosis toward the end, and she had chronic.
0: That sounds like a pretty uh, generic. Yeah, that means old
1: person. Chronic intestinal nephritis. Nephritis. And it sounds like IBS, but I don't think it is. And. (laughs) So yeah, so she was in there, but she did not come out for twenty years. So you can imagine the insanity of that, just alone. She was just relaxing and eating, no, and having but a good time. They admitted her; the, her daughter brought her in because it was like because she, she was a pain in the ass and was would go up <coughs> to neighbors and ask them to take her places, and like she was not all there, and would complain about not being fed to like to one sibling to another, one of her kids that the other one was mistreating her. And it was just like so she was written out always been a little peculiar. I can't say that. peculiar. Say it.
0: Peculiar. peculiar Peculiar. Peculiar. Yep,
1: that word. That's what they said peculiar. always.
0: Peculiar. There was a
1: story that she chased her kids with a butcher knife. That was one of the stories. I was like, but a lot of people would want Just mom to do that. stuff. Mom stuff, you know. <laughs> So she would have been in there during this time here. We're talking about lobotomies and stuff like that and ECT. And she and the the notes are not thorough enough. Like mom had to petition to the state to get these records. And it's not, you know, she's there for 20 fucking years. And you can see this stack right there. Like it's not very much. And a lot of it is unknown, unknown. It, most of the papers in there are, they don't have answers. And at one point, I think she could have left the hospital. And a social worker was sent out to her kids or relatives. And they wouldn't talk to the social worker. Like, they're like, no, no, like, we don't want her back. Like, you need to keep her. Jesus. And they would avoid this. And social workers, like, avoiding, like, wouldn't talk to, you know, it was like, tried to make contact with. And they would be like, shh, go away, go away. <laughs> <laughs> so I would assume that is not an uncommon thing. So, she, yeah, she died in 1948. So now we're into the 60s and 70s. So, throughout the 60s and 70s, a trend towards deinstitutionalization became a matter of public health policy. Antidepressants were being prescribed to treat depression as well as anxiety, pain, and insomnia. The most popular types of antidepressants are called... SSRIs. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Everyone should be on one. No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Find something else if you can.
1: Well, And then they came up with lithium was in there at one point. Well, SSRIs have some side effects.
0: I was talking about SSRIs and... Lithium.
1: What else do you
2: find? Well, I'm just, I'm just
0: saying, if you can find another alternative, it's better than those.
2: Well, so, uh, some things don't work. Not, I'm not there's saying, saying you one have cure to. All. I'm
0: saying don't just go to an SSRI. No, 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 something no. else will work.
1: Yeah. You mean like baths and exercise
0: no like different medications snris
1: oh okay yeah that or was it. Was just, he's saying there's no one fix all no jesus for mary
0: and joseph look at you judging me I you're am. judging me.
1: Yep. me you gotta layer me your drugs of all too. people
0: of all people <laughs> layer
1: your <laughs> drugs more than one is always better
0: i'm just saying there's other things you can do
1: besides just necessary. not always
0: and sometimes it's not always going to work
1: Oh, no, it's so hard to find 60% right. of the
0: time, it works every time. time.
1: <laughs> it's so hard to find the right drug combination, the right drug, the right dosage. It takes like six months for, you know, like six weeks or more to see any help. And then from that, you're like, do I just feel better or is it the drug? It's probably the drug. Okay. As a result, patients with conditions that could be controlled with medication were moved into smaller facilities, halfway houses, or trained to live autonomously. By the early 1970s, most of the hospital's ostentatious Victorian-era buildings were declared unsound. Public attention during the 1970s also focused on the the repeal of Indiana's most dubious public health law. Do we know what that is? Uh, I knew about this because I was thinking about doing an episode on this in particular. 1907, the state passed the first eugenics law. Do
0: you know what that is? Yes.
1: Do you know what that is? Can you explain it? <laughs> which empowered the state to forcibly sterilize the poor, drunkards, sexual deviants, which I might be okay with that, the mentally deficient and those with communicable or, in, or hereditary diseases. So the state was allowed to sterilize people. That's not, that's, that's not, uh, that, that's bad. The law was overturned in 1921 on constitutional grounds, but a true revision resumed the use of forcible sterilization. The state carried out approximately 2,500 sterilizations, some of which occurred at Central State Hospital. Good Lord. Um, Bowing to public pressure, the law was finally repealed in what year? Uh, 1986. 1964. 1974. That was closer. Yeah. I went all the way to the 70s. Patient deaths at Central State from May 1991 through June 1992 focused attention on the hospital. Lydia Shelby of the Shelby's, yes. of the Peaky Blinders, 40, died May 21st, 1991, of heart failure due to combined drug overdose. June Higsaw, 35, died November 4th, 1991, of hypothermia after freezing air blew into her room through a broken window. Bulua J. Milligan, wow. 61, died February 11th, 1992, at Methodist Hospital from an obstructed bowel. So I guess he was sent to a regular hospital at some point. So, people are starting to die, and it's the 90s, and they're like, hey, hey, how long have you been doing this? And they're like, quite a while now. So, now they're going to get the Marion County prosecutor, Jeff Modisett involved. And he hopes indictments will help prevent future care problems. Dr. James Donahue, the medical director since 1988, was caring directly for Lydia in June. Two of central states... Most severely schizophrenic and difficult patients when they died on Ward 14 in the bar building. See, so that's the other thing. I can't figure out. Like, it doesn't say what building she, our great-great-grandmother spent most of her time in or anything. It doesn't say what level of patient she was. So we don't, have, like, it's not that much information. So they just really didn't care about taking proper mm-hmm. notes. No. no, it's like they have too many people and not enough staff, which is part of the problem. Uh, poor maintenance in the bar building contributed to June's freezing death. Authorities and hospital workers have said the maintenance staff had failed to fix the broken crank on her bedroom window for more than a year, so she froze to death. Which is probably my worst way, to, one of the worst ways to die. Yep. <clears throat> Actually, you get really hot at some point, like it's an inverse reaction. Anyways, maintenance chief Stephen Leonard was fired last June. Nurse Ruth Stanley resigned March 4, 1992, effective the next month. However, she was fired March 23, a few days after another patient, 56-year-old Lydia Heine's death. State officials said they fired her for insubordination after she refused to cooperate with them fully. I know, Heine. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) On the night Linda died, a group of attendants decided to play cards rather than care for the patients. Oh, Okay, yeah. Hours later, when told that she lay dead in the bathtub, the attendants finished their card game, staff members say. Finally, they got up, dried Linda's body off, dressed her, and put her in bed. They pretended she died there of natural causes. It gets worse. Ward 23 is a locked ward for some of Central State's most severe long-term schizophrenics. They are tortured by hallucinations and angry, insulting voices. Paranoid, they isolate themselves from even those who love them. So it is with intense concentration that psychologist John Mangold gathers the ward's patients in a circle every Friday. So this is a person doing therapy and it's like a kind of an excerpt of what he's doing. It's kind of funny but sad at the same time. So that's John Mangold. For an hour he will urge them to touch and talk. He knows these patients well and he knows they do not like the pressure of this weekly therapy session. Ain't nobody like therapy no matter how crazy you are. To escape some will walk away or fall asleep. Others will slam doors or yell. Some may growl <laughs> some may growl then John urges Gary to take his hand. These are just names of patients, so it's not I don't have first and last names. He said, What does it tell you about me? he asks, holding out a stick of gum as incentive. Gary, who rarely talks, sits mute. Another patient touches his hand and calls out Pretty cool, dude. John Grenson asked Carol and Virginia to face each other. Carol, Virginia is really out of it today. Can you think of something to say to her to get her back with us? Carol, who has spent the morning reciting her clothes sizes, <laughs> <it's, laughs>
2: twenty-seven, hey, forty.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> 20, What is it? It's a Bruno Mars seven. Bruno Mars song. He says thirty-seven, twenty-seven, forty-two. Oh, um. mm, 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 mm. those are measurements. <laughs> 37, 27, no, 42. 36, 24, 30, like, what, there's another song that says that. Oh, it does. Yeah. Carol, who spent yeah reciting her clothes size, <laughs> stares at Virginia. Virginia slips away, curls up on a chair and closes her eyes. A nurse sitting, sitting nearby gently past Virginia's back as she sleeps. Suddenly appearing in the day room, Judy erupts, You keep me out of your program today! She yells at John. I get the chills from your group. It gives me the fears. John moves over to a wall and urges Judy to join him. He wants her to stand with her back to its cold, soothing surface. Refusing, Judy stalks off. Out of nowhere, Marilyn shouts, What do you think of suitcases? (laughs) (laughs) John asks Nick, who was gently rubbing another patient's hair, why Marilyn mentioned a suitcase. Nick thinks for a minute, then answers, It did seem (laughs) (laughs) off-subject. There is quiet again, but now Kevin is crying, his eyes red and his voice trembling. His girlfriend was released to a community center today. I feel lost and lonely and agitated because Carla left. Carla with a C. (laughs) And the violence in Los Angeles has me upset. Few seem to care that Central State's 385 patients are the sickest of the sick. They're vulnerable and can be volatile. Yet Indiana pays its starting prison guards appreciably better than its psychiatric attendants. A single nurse must care for as many as sixty severely ill patients. So it's one person for sixty people. I was like, I That's... don't even want sixty people in my house. One meeting room. Attendants who spend the most time with patients have too little education and training. Sixteen hour shifts are common. Security is so thin that patients who aren't locked into wards can easily walk off the grounds. <laughs> Bye. I'm out. What should what should be a safe refuge from the world is anything but safe, some say. The surprise is not that the deaths happen. The surprise is that they didn't happen sooner, says Dr. Amos, a Harvard-educated psychiatrist who recently stopped treating patients at Central State. We should have been screaming bloody murder long before now. The hospital is starving to death. And that concludes the first half of our episode on Central State Hospital. Next week, we will be back with the stunning conclusion, so don't miss out on that.
3: Bum-bum-bum!